Matt Stepp, what'd you get for Halloween? Football and lots of it. Tap and Step, your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends, your amigos, your high energy buddies. As I sip my cup of coffee at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com, I am the Tep Greg Tepper. And I'm the Step, Matt Step. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. We love you very, very much. I'm just going to adjust levels on this to make sure we can hear you. Um, hi, Matthew. Hello. How are you, sir? I'm good. I haven't seen you in a minute. And by a minute, it's been I mean a week. literally one week. Yeah. Um, this is your regular season finale edition. That sounds more like regal and impressive. Yeah, so than, we need some fanfare for that. Week probably. 11. <laughs> regular season finale edition of Tep and Step. We do thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Coming up here in just a little bit, we will have uh, our week nine or week 10 pre- re- recap. Golly, our re- week 10 cleanup. As well as our Week 11 draft, the games we were most interested in, so do stay tuned for that. Uh, But we will first start, Matthew, as we always do, with your Texas High School Football Fun Fact of the Week. All right, Matthew. Let's talk. It's, of course, getting ready for playoffs. Playoffs start next week. This time next week, we'll have brackets. Yes. TexasFootball.com slash playoffs. Oh, you already got it it ready. Well, I mean, theoretically. Uh, We will have that. Uh, there are some teams that are have already punched their tickets. They're feeling really good. Mm-hmm. Other teams that know they're not punching your tickets. I want to talk about teams that have never punched a ticket. Okay. Matt Stepp, can you name the one, two, three, four, five, six UIL Texas high school football teams that started in 2000 and... 10 or earlier that have never made the playoffs. Never made the playoffs. Started 2000 and so they've been around for at least 11 seasons. I guess technically this could be their 12th. Houston Northbrook. Houston Northbrook has been around since 1974. Has never made the playoffs. Um... That's the layup. That's the that's the 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 one glaring one. Yeah, that's the one that I know for sure. Because um, North Dallas was on that for a while, but then they made it. Is that right? No, North, North Dallas has had a long gap, but they they made it like they made the semis in like fifty two. North Dallas, ooh, yeah, North Dallas did make the semis in fifty two. They have gone yeah. sixty seven straight. They made it last year. They made it last year. Yeah. Um, and you see, you put the, like, like I was going to say Brian Rudder. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian and, Rudder is correct. Oh, but they're are? going to. We're counting right okay. now. Okay. Yeah. So Brian Rudder is one of them. Yes. Okay. They've they've started in t- 2008. Okay. Brian Rudder. Um, so now it's getting tough. Mm-hmm. Now it's getting tough. Um, I should say, by the Ma- way, there Ma- is a, there Monte Alto. Monte Alto. This will be the tenth season. This okay, will be number ten. Uh, I should also say there's an eleven man. There's a six man team, Darrowzet, that has started in 2010 and has never made the playoffs. So okay. anyway. Uh, I got two, mm-hmm. which is more than I thought I would get. Do you want one more guess at one? Um, <laughs> this is tough. I know. Um, this is just proof that like we don't prepare for these things. Yeah, like yeah, you could really, not really. fake this kind of thought. No, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, I'm going to take a shot in the dark here and say... Cushing. Cushing is a good guess, but a wrong one. Cushing made the playoffs one time. No, I'm sorry. They've made the playoffs uh, four times total. They made it in 2020, 2018, 1997, and oh, 1990. Last year. Here, are, here they are. You mentioned uh, Nor- Houston Northbrook. They started in 1974. Never made the playoffs. Dallas A-plus Academy. Started uh, in 1999. Has not made the playoffs. We mentioned Darrow's at 2010. Kyle Lehman. Oh, that's right. 2006. Never made the playoffs. Brian Rutter, 2008. That will end this year. Congratulations to the Rangers. Also, Cy Lakes, 2010. Oh, yeah. Cy never Lakes. made the playoffs. I was at the game when they almost made the playoffs a couple years ago. And also in 2010, this is a little bit of an asterisk because they're not playing this year, but Austin Eastside uh, opened open 2010. That's a weird yeah, one. Yeah, that's a weird one because they were formerly Johnston. And they reconstituted. And, uh, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a bit of a one, uh, a strange one. But any case, those are teams that have never made the playoffs. And then, of course, Prosper Rock Hill still never made the playoffs. What's wrong in Prosper? I'm kidding. Yeah. This is their second varsity season. They get a small break. Going 6A, by the way. Oh, is that right? They're going 6A, yeah. Mm. Coach almost, almost Not, sent me their number. We had, we had Brandon Schmidt on the show today on TFT. And... Um, we just talked about like the growth out there in Prosper, and like Crazy. he was he was just like, yeah, I just did not anticipate it was going to be that much, and uh, I don't know if anybody did. Anyway, there it is, your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. All right, Matthew, let's do a little bit of week ten cleanup. We'll go back through the games that we selected uh, and talk about what happened. I took North Shore and Atascacita. Kind of played out, I think, like we thought it was. Atascacita certainly had stomach for the fight. In the end, they didn't have the offensive firepower to get past North Shore. Not, on, not with a backup quarterback. No. Tough to ask a sophomore to second varsity start. Oh, and we're going to do bracket breakdowns next week, but who's your favorite in 6A Division One Region 3? It's North Shore. Is it North Shore? Mm-hmm. I think it's got to be. I think especially now, it would be weird if Gavin Session were, you hate to put on one kid, but if they had Gavin Session, and Zion Brown, to be clear, he acquitted himself very well. That's just asking a Mm -hmm. lot of him. It would not surprise me to see a North Shore task to see a rematch. Yeah. Although I do think Rich Point's going to have something to say about Mm -hmm. that. Um, I took Katie Pato and Manville, and uh, uh, Manville... Manville heard what we were saying mm, about they did, they oh did. oh Peto that's the team uh, and they go out there and they beat Manville or beat Peto and so now speaking of which if you zoom out and we'll talk this kind of lumps in with the next game mm-hmm. Dripping Springs and Buta Johnson five mm-hmm. A Division one Region three uh, are the three teams right or the four teams right now and I don't know how the brackets would fall but I could absolutely see I think the four best teams are Peto. Hit, uh, Manville, Hightower, and Drip. Those feel like the four best teams, unless I'm forgetting somebody. I got a sleeper for you. Who's Just that? Keep an eye on Port Arthur Memorial. Mm. Keep an eye on Port Arthur Memorial. And Pflugerville Weiss is... Yeah. There. I'm going to see them this week. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. They're not bad. Uh, Drip Drip certainly looked the part over Johnson. That that If their defense is going to play like that... They're going to score points. Yeah, they're, they're going to score. They're going to score points. But if their defense is going to play like that, watch freaking out. I took Albany and Santo. Bit of a coming back to earth for, for Santo. Al- Albany do what Albany do. Yeah, I think that was just more of a sign of this. Mm-hmm. Albany's just far, you know, heads, head and shoulders above the rest of that district. And then I took Ennis and Royce City. Um, impressive from Ennis. Kind of the same thing. You know, we had some questions about Royce City. I think Royce City is a good team, but mm-hmm. they're not at that level. A comprehensive win from, from Ennis. And then I, my hipster game was Bloomington and Free Airport Bloomington. 
That's not going well. Sad the buck, Buckaroos. Shout out to Buckaroos. Yeah. Big one for them. You took Wascom and Elysian Fields. And Wascom smacked Elysian Fields around. Wascom's uh, legit. Wascom's a team that they're – because they took that who – who's their loss to? Timpson. Timpson, that's right. How, uh, how good is Timpson? <laughs> Jeez. W- Wascom, I think because they have that one loss, people may be forgetting about them, but that is that is a state championship contending ball club. Yeah, I for think. sure. Uh, Grandview and West, David Woodard's Trojans. That's a – Kalachis for everyone. I don't. I, I. I'm not enough of a West historian to speak on this. That feels like one of the biggest wins in program history. Yeah, I mean, since I've been covering high, West has always been a solid program, but never really been elite. And this is they're fourth in the state right yeah, now. Yeah, they're they're a, they're a regional title contender right now. Uh, Jersey Village and Stratford, a Saturday matinee. That ended up being a great game. A banger, yes. Jersey Village's defense stepped up late and. Won that game 28-21. Big win for the Falcons. You and I were sitting here talking about how we thought that was a coin flip game, and sure enough, yeah. one-score game. But Tully Stadium looked packed, too. It was a That's great crowd. Awesome. Yeah. That's so fun. Uh, Odom and Hebronville, the 10-0 state-ranked Odom yeah. Owls. Owls. Owls got it done. Close ball game. Hebronville yeah. was a, had a stomach for the fight. Mm-hmm. Big, great ball game. Uh, Odom comes out on top. Now they get a week off for the playoffs. And then, I hate to give you credit, but you did say this was going to be a great game. Fort Stockton and Big Spring. That game ended up. Yeah, being, I mean, Big Springs throwing into the end zone to win the game. To win the game, yeah. Fort Stockton ran out to a big lead. Credit to I mean, I I thought Big Springs would win the game. For, credit to Fort Stockton. Yeah. Mike Peters Ball Club gets it done, and now they've got the uh, they got to beat Andrews this week. Mm-hmm. But they beat they win that game. They've got a district title. So. And then how was your uh, your your hipster game was Edison and Highlands? Yes, uh, so Highlands won seventeen to seven. Kind of a defensive struggle mm-hmm. on Saturday afternoon at the Alamo, at the Alamo was Stadium. It a defensive struggle or was it an offensive struggle? Um, well, Highlands was clearly the better team. Edison, okay. well, uh, part of the reason, well, Edison, so Edison's starting quarterback got hurt uh, in week one towards ACL, so they were on QB2. Well, then he got hurt in the second quarter, and so Edison had to put number 40 at quarterback. And typically when you have a number 40 at quarterback, it doesn't bode well. The only time I can remember that working is when Micaiah Long was the quarterback for North Shore. Remember, uh-huh. but even he didn't wear forty. He wore like fifteen. He wore fifteen. He was a yeah. linebacker, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah so Edison really struck. And Highlands had three or four touchdowns called back. Chris Highlands is clearly clearly the better team. Mm-hmm. So now we get a Saturday afternoon matinee in San Antonio. Highlands and Brackenridge play for uh, the winner. Potentially could win the district championship. Um, I got to go down to Cyprus. You went to your first ever visit to the Berry Center. My first visit to the Berry Center. Um. Let me let's talk first and foremost about the venue. If you have never been to the Berry Center, that place is a cathedral. It is, isn't it? It's incredible. It's beautiful. And it is for all I'll just It's just a beautiful building. It is. I like I love look, look, I love Allen Eagle Stadium, I love Prosper, I love McKinney, Katie Legacy and stuff like that. This feels like everyone just sleeps on it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just because it's been around it's kind of one of the original like like big mega stadiums or whatever, or at least it's been around for a while. I'm telling you guys, that place is gorgeous yeah. and a a one of the most perfect venues to watch a good high school football game. Yes. The, you know what I love about it mm-hmm. is because you have the, the stadium is built into the side of the of the g- basketball arena. Mm-hmm. So on three sides, you're pretty much walled in. And, it, and you, when you get a good crowd, and I think you had a pretty decent crowd, mm-hmm. it gets loud in there. It does. There yeah. were the noise reverberates off the building, and it gets it gets loud in there. It was. It was a lot of fun. I got to watch Cy Park and Cy Ranch, which was a great game. It wasn't. You had a banger on Thursday. Cy, Cy Park kind of ran out to a a, a a a pretty big lead. Cy Ranch battled back. 
Harold Perkins is the truth. Man, dude, he, he is unreal. I'm like, I'm just, let's just call the Harold Perkins play. It really is. It feels like they can Third do and nine, let's just throw it up to Harold Perkins. And I'll just say that, like, and part of it is it's the wing tee, and you just don't see the wing tee at 6A that much. And especially you don't see it run with that kind of athletes. Mm-hmm. Now, the defense has got to figure some things out. Because the ranch torched them a little bit. They've been really good defensively early in the mm-hmm. year. In the last couple of weeks, they've had – I don't know if there's something on film that, that's yeah. been exposed. They've struggled the last couple of weeks. And that, that worries me mm-hmm. going into the playoffs mm-hmm. in Region 2, in the 6A Division 2, which is – pretty good yes i agree uh like if they were to run into a could you uh, imagine them right now the way they're playing defense playing rockwall Heath. oh my gosh yeah i mean it would be yeah. it would be it would not be good for them no. um you know it's it is a it was a fun game back and forth in the end there were, i mean there was just big splash plays like all over the oh, place oh we were watching in the press box in wichita falls and it was having, having a ball nuts yeah, we had it on yeah. the tablet um but yeah we had a good time michael silver's night on the call and we'd uh we, we, we we had fun we had fun and then by the way uh, i mean we'll, we'll tease ahead to, to what we're doing um this week uh, Texan Live, it'll be myself and the Hall of Famer Craig Way on the call for Pflugerville, Weiss, and Georgetown. Man, you got you're, – you're, and, and, I, and I've I, – there is a dirty rumor out there that mm. Todd Raymond, the AD at Pflugerville, is going to bring out the big guns for the press box meal. So I would say Ooh. don't eat on the way down. Ooh, okay. All right. I will hold, I will hold off. Hold yes. Off. Anyway, it's time – Hot rumor there. Time for your Week 11 draft. Uh, the final – Regular season draft. And we'll do a truncated draft next week. Probably like a couple of rounds. Or we'll just kick around games we're most interested in. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Next week, it is a lot more big picture than... than you want to talk bracket? We're going to talk bracket. We're going to talk bracket. The people want to talk about brackets. Because, because I'll be honest, the first round of the playoffs, there's a couple of games. And we'll highlight them. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about them. But Probably in the middle of our bracket conversation. Exactly. Like, these are your first round games to yeah, watch. Yeah, but really, for the most part, with the talking first round, you want to talk about the bigger picture and stuff mm-hmm. because that's the more fun thing. So, this is the first, the last draft for a while. Uh, if you're, this is your first episode of Tep and Step, welcome. We do thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Here is how it works Step and I are going to go back and forth selecting games we are most interested in in week 11. All 500 whatever games are on the board. You can take any game you want. Once it's picked, it's off the board. So, Step, if you wanted to take. Let me be the jerk. Uh, if you wanted find, to take find the worst game in the state on the, by, by by your ranking system, if you want to take Campbell and uh, Campbell and Savoy, which is a six man game, or uh, actually, I will say, all right, I don't know. This isn't your hipster game because I know where your hipster game is. For a playoff spot, straight up for a playoff spot, Tornillo and Odessa Compass are playing. Okay, uh, those teams are combined zero and seventeen. Mm. Someone will win that game. Some, some, as Rick Renner says, somebody's o somebody's must go. O must go. <laughs> the opposite direction. Though. I know. Uh, somebody will get that win. <laughs> can we can we get some a feed from that game on the scoreboard show Friday night? Oh, dude, that would be fun. Um, anyway, yeah, those that is. I mean, I hate to break it to you, but like if you look at our computer rankings, uh, those are the two teams that are are at or near the bottom of our three division two rankings. But anyway, they will play for a title for a playoff spot. Um, once it's picked, it's off the board. We go five rounds and we round it all out with our hipster game of the week. We had a coin flip for the show. Step won the coin flip. And in a a very good, I wouldn't say great, a very good slate of week eleven mm-hmm. games. You get the first pick. And I am interested in, in your I'm interested in your strategy here. Cause because with week eleven, you can go a variety of different ways. You can. You can. Um yeah. I'm going small school step here. Small school step. Big country step. As a battle of nine and O teams in Howard County in Forsan. Mm-hmm. As the Holly Bearcats come to town in a huge matchup, 
district title on the line. Two state ranked teams are both nine and zero. Both aspirations of winning a regional title, and I think one of the most slept on stories in Texas high school football this year has been the Holly Bearcats defense. I'm really glad you're mentioning this. Their numbers are staggering. They are, I don't want to say a quite 83 danger field levels in the regular season, but it's close. But they have allowed a grand total of 21 points in nine games, okay. including six straight shutouts. Let me zoom in even further on this because I did because I saw this last night as I was doing my writing my yeah. picks video. Spoiler alert: it'll be in the picks video. So I dug in more into the numbers. Okay, so I've given up three touchdowns this year. Mm-hmm. Two of them came in the fourth quarter of games that were well in hand. I mean, deep garbage time. Yeah, I, I think they gave up fourteen points in the opener. They did. Yeah. They gave up two touchdowns in the opener yeah. to whoever they played. Um, Researching that, right yeah. Now. Look up whoever they played in the first round. Was but, that was that the one touchdown that was played when it was comp- scored when the game was competitive? In the, in the they opener? gave up one first quarter touchdown in the first quarter of the first game against Roscoe. Roscoe, who is a very good two yes. division two team. Correct. That's probably a, good team. a state rank right, right on the right on the yeah, borderline. Probably like the twelfth or thirteenth best yeah. team in two A division yeah. two. Um, they gave up a touchdown. They went up fourteen nothing. Gave up a touchdown to make it fourteen seven. Okay. Mm-hmm. The next time they gave up a touchdown was in the fourth quarter. It was like 31-7. Merkel. Yeah, it was 41. No, 41 the, what was the oh, final oh, of the Roscoe no. game? 34-14. 34-14. It was 34-7. Mm-hmm. In the fourth quarter, they gave up another touchdown with like a minute left yeah. to make it 34. So a garbage time touchdown. A true garbage time touchdown. Mm-hmm. They then gave up a touchdown to Merkel. In week three. And what was the final score of that? 41-7. It was 41 nothing when they gave that up. Yeah. They have given That's up. a 3A opponent. They have given up one touchdown in competitive play. Yeah. In nine games. It's stunning. I'm sorry, I interrupted. No, no, you're fine. That's, that's uh, it's shocking. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is. Um, and the offense has been pretty good too. Um, you look at their numbers. I mean, they're averaging well over 40 points a game. Um, just complete domination. It's and it's not really one player that's um that's kind of the headliner for Holly. Their offense has just been really a team effort. Um. And, but I, I like Road Hooper, their quarterback. Th- I, I just think their defense is just not getting talked about enough on a statewide level, and I, I think there might this might be the unit that carries them possibly to a state championship game. Mm-hmm. They're that good. You look at Forsan, and Forsan's been pretty efficient all year. Um, not again, very similar team to Holly, and that, that there's really not any real headliners that no one just jumps off the page at you. I think Jason Phillips' squad is just solid across the board. They got a they got like a stable of running backs back there. Yeah, they're going to run the both these teams are going to run the football. So this is going to be a, a smash mouth game. Two teams who are going to line up and mash each other. I think Holly's a little more explosive though. And you look at some of Force and Forsan's defense. There's been times where they have been uh, you know gashed a little bit. They give up 37 points to McCamey. Mm-hmm. They've given up, you know, they've 14 against Oklahoma. The, the McCamey the game is the one that probably is the, the stands out as, as their the outlier. But it, offensively, there's been some times where Forest Sands offense has not gotten going as well. They've got a couple of 28 nothing wins on their mm-hmm. on their ledger. I, I just think Holly's a more complete team. I think Holly gets this win. I think Holly is the right now. You put you got to put them and Coleman one two mm-hmm. in Region One right now as far as two A Division One. But I think this is an exciting game. But I think really I want to see how Forest Sands if they can do anything against this incredible Holly defense. If let's put it this way. This is very much <laughs> this is, they're they're not going to like this because of what happened afterwards. I compare this a lot to what we were talking about with Peyto and Manville in the sense that if we were saying if Peyto goes out there and they beat Manville, and especially if they beat them soundly, 
then you start talking about them as the clear regional favorite. Mm-hmm. I think that's the same way here. If Holly goes out there and they beat four Sam, and especially if they beat them soundly in the way that they've been beating teams, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, okay, we have a favorite. Like, we have one. And I think you got to give credit to uh, Mitch Abels and, and, and Holly because mm-hmm. he's done it. He, Holly was a bad pro. They, they were they – were, a program that that making the playoffs is a good year for them. Most years they were out of the playoffs, and he's done it um, a d- bunch of different ways. You know, he d- he did it with a, a wide open passing mm-hmm. offense. Who was that quarterback that oh, he had? Oh, you jerk! Um, I'm gonna look this they up. Had the, they had they had a record. Uh, four, Quay Stokes. Quay Stokes. Yeah, Quay Stokes. And they, they, they were they were he a four year starter, and they were slinging it around, throwing forty throwing it forty times a game. And then a couple of years ago, they they did it with kind of a. A big offensive line and just kind of mash people. They they pushed. I think Post in the regional finals that year mm-hmm. had a great game against Post. This year they're doing it with the defensive team. So you know to, that just shows the ability of Coach Abel's to to tailor his team to the strengths of the ball club. And this year it is definitely on the defensive side of the ball. It's it is remarkable, and and we'll find out if anybody can crack that Holly defensive code. That's really the big question here. Good pick. I am going to go to the DFW Metroplex. And I'm going to go to 7 o'clock Friday at the Star, the Star. in up, Frisco. 5A Division One, uh, District 5? Yes, District 5. 5A five, five Division One, As the number one ranked Denton Ryan Raiders visit the number five ranked Frisco Lone Star Rangers. Um, it's been a minute since we talked about Ryan. Really, it's kind of been a minute we talked about Lone Star. Basically, they yeah. both had big one big non-district showdown. Mm-hmm. Ryan had Geyer. They lost him. Mm-hmm. Lone Star had Alito. They lost him. Yeah. Ryan and, also had Longview, but yeah. Longview's struggling right now. Right in the struggle bus a bit. Um, yeah, that was not a great one. No. good last week. Yeah, not, not good. Just, did Lone Star, do they have one good non Because you know, the, the problem for these two is they played yeah. a truncated non-district schedule because they're in a nine-team district. Right. Lone Star's other non Oh, it was against San Antonio Cornerstone. Yeah. Which, so, I mean, it's aged okay. Yeah. They're now ranked in our prize score rankings. In any case, Frisco Lone Star uh, has a kid named Austin Ashton, Ashton Jaunty. Yeah. Ashton Jaunty. Yeah. Okay. Um, this kid's like 5'9", um, like 180 pounds. And he's listed as like a wide receiver, but they line him up all over the place. He's really versatile. And whatever they do uh, with him... He he has this weird. He has this. You know how you see those ads on online where it's like one weird trick. You know what I mean. He's got one weird trick, and his one weird trick is that every time he touches the ball, he scores. <laughs> He's got thirty nine touchdowns this year. Yeah, and he does it. I mean, it's it's the split between rushing and receiving is pretty close. Yeah, he's he, got twenty nine rushing and ten receiving, yeah, which is. Not what you usually no, see. Not the high school level. It's insane. Um, and by the way, Garrett Rangel is there in his 140th year of eligibility. Yes. Um, and just doing his thing. They've been great. And their defense, pretty solid. I, I think it's like, it's the defense you've come to expect from a uh, a Jeff Rayburn coached Lone Star team. Solid, do their job, pretty darn good. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ryan, of course, took that 14-7 to loss to Denton Geyer. Um, and they are different this year. The Kaleeb Hicks is probably their best running back or best player, mm-hmm. their running back. I think that Kalen Davis, the quarterback, is 
you know, he's growing into the role. I think he's getting better as the season <laughs> yeah, goes on. I mean, this, he's a lot of big, it's big shoes to fill. I mean, he's replacing a guy who's doing a really great job at Memphis. Seth Hennigan's doing a great job at Memphis. Yeah. And he doesn't have the weapons, quite the weapons this year. I think they're starting to loosen the reins on him a little bit and mm-hmm. let him do a little bit more. Um, but really, the, the Ryan's calling card, as it was last year, and as it is forever and ever, amen, is their defense, which has been you know, no notes, even in their loss. Like to Geyer. They held Geyer to 14 points. I mean, that's really good. It's incredible. Anthony Hill Jr., all these playmakers they've got on the defensive side, they're, they're stars. I do think this game is about pace. I do think this game, and by the way, this, of course, has major implications because you want to finish as high as possible in Region 2. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this game's about pace. Lone Star is probably more inclined to get into a track meet. They're more inclined to, to, to want to get this push the score in this. Absolutely. Ryan, Ryan wants to get in a street fight. Yeah, um, and Ryan, keep this game. Like, Ryan wants to win like 27-14. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, so what kind of game does this look like? Um, it's also, you know, it's weird because like, because um, Longview's in this district too. No, they're not. They're, they're, they're in the region. No, they're in the region. Yeah. But the thing about the thing about these these teams is like, <sighs> my thing is I mean, they, I mean this in a nice way. It really is, because I do like Wakeland. I think Wakeland's a decent team, mm-hmm. right? But it really does feel like Lone Star and Ryan are have like separated themselves so much from the pack. It's been two months since they've been pushed. Since they played a game mm-hmm. of any sort of some like, weight class, some some any sort of danger. And so here's the danger: walking in, and you know, look, um, you know, first round it shouldn't be a problem, you know, because they'll, they're playing District Six, and so no matter what, they'll, they're going to play a DISD team, mm-hmm. and they'll, they'll be, be heavy. They'll heavy be heavy favorites. favorites. Yeah. Um, but you want to finish as high as possible, especially considering Highland Park looms. You know, who College knows? Station College looms. Station. You probably don't want to. You know, you probably don't would prefer not to see Longview at some point. So you know, I, I don't think, know. The thing is, the the loser that loser of this game probably gets College Station in round two. Yeah. So a lot on the line here. The winner probably gets Magnolia West in the second round, which is no cakewalk, but but it's probably probably fit. rather have yeah. them over College Station. Which I, we may talk about Magnolia West and College Station. We may. Um, anyway, I think it's fascinating. A lot on the line. A true, a true blue. Um, consequential state-ranked showdown yeah. in Week 11. I mean, that's really all you can ask for is a game with legit consequences. With two teams that we think have a chance to play for a state title. To play for a state title, yeah. absolutely. So I'm taking Ryan and Lone Star. What is your second pick, Matthew? I guess I'll just go ahead and take it. I mean, yeah. we just talked about College Station and Magnolia West, and, it, and why if not? You were, if you weren't going to take it out of us. They're both 9-0. Mm-hmm. Uh District title, much like Denton Ryan and Lone Star, this is district titles on the line in Region Two, which five A Division One Region Two is absolutely loaded, and two these two teams are part of the reason why it's so loaded. Um, I look at College Station and I look at kind of their district schedule and how they've played, and they haven't they haven't been pushed all year. Do you know it, their their level of dominance has been <laughs> staggering? Okay, do you know what the do you know what their their point differential is this year? Let me just tell you because I have this for my notes. Okay. They have outscored their opponents four hundred ninety-eight to forty-four this season. Yeah, it's just been one. They butt don't kicking ass. They the don't other. beat people. They 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 tear them down to their bones. <laughs> Closest game is a thirty-eight ten win over Magnolia. Damn, it's a playoff team. Yeah, Magnolia, who's probably going to finish be a playoff team. Mm-hmm. Is a in Magnolia, by the way, pushed Magnolia West to the limit a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And it's you know 
Steve Huffsbaugh, we, we saw it this year, you know, in 7-on-7. Seven seven. We saw it when we got their magazine preview in. We were like, this College Station team is loaded. It, yeah. Playmakers all over the field. And it starts with Jet Huff, their quarterback. Co- coach's kid, but really talented. Smart, three-year starter. And he's got playmakers all over the field. And it's just this defense, which we had some questions about. We were like, if College Station is going to make the run they think they can make, they got to get the defense to step it up. And they have. They have been a big part. The reason why College Station has been able to run out to 35 nothing leads in the first half is because their defense has done a fantastic job forcing three and outs, forcing turnovers, giving the ball back to that explosive offense. Just incredible. Magnolia West, on the other hand, has been a little less eye-popping with the numbers. Very, very much more workmanlike under first-year mm-hmm. head coach Ben McGee. Um, and Coach McGee's done a great job coming over from Sweetwater. He's got these guys undefeated. I mean, I mean they do have a non-district win over Temple, mm-hmm. which is probably the one, you know, and the, the other, their other non-district win over Brenham has aged really well. It has. Th- those are probably, if you look at Magnolia West's resume, the 24-point win over Brenham and the 13-point win over Temple, those are their two, two best wins by far. You know, in district, they've had to, you know, Magnolia and, and New Caney both push them pretty hard. Seven-point wins in both games. You know, Hunter Bilbo runs for a couple touchdowns last week. Kind of is the difference in the game. I just I don't know if Magnolia West can keep up with College Station. I think you're asking a lot of that Mustang Ball Club to keep up with this type of explosive call. I, I just don't think Magnolia West is. But I, I think you're going to look at the very similar type thing where if this score stays in the 20s, mm-hmm. it's a Magnolia West ball game. If it gets into the 30s, I think College Station that, that that's their game and that's the game they can play. I don't mean to be cute. I'm not. I promise you, I'm not trying to be cute. But um, <clears throat> I have got to see somebody play College Station close before I'm willing to believe that somebody's going to beat them. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, it could be one of those things, and we talk about it all the time. It could be one of those things that it's like we find out and it's too late when you find out, right? Because all of a sudden, one team hangs with them and they don't know how to react. They yeah. don't know how to play in a close game. And it's a valid concern. Yes. That would be the one concern. But until then... I, I mean, this is newly state-ranked Magnolia West, and they're certainly deserving of it. But I think College Station is a favorite. I think College Station might be a heavy favorite in this one. I mean, just the way that they've gone about their business mm-hmm. makes me think that they are arguably the team to beat in the state in 5A Division One. Especially if they go out there and they spank Magnolia West. There's a case to be made for it. Especially it, a team like Magnolia West who has a resume with a couple of big-time wins on it. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that's right. So that's a good pick. You're taking... College Station and Magnolia West. Matthew, I am going to go to a game that I think lost a little bit of luster last week, but I'm still very excited about. 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Wildcat Stadium, beautiful Hemp Hill County in Canadian, Texas. As the Canadian Wildcats welcome in the Childress Bobcats. Um, let's have a, let's have a, we need to open a dialogue about Canadian. Let's have a discussion. Um, because last week they lose to Tulia. Now, point of order, Tulia got some juice. Okay, that, that district has five. There's going to be a really good team yeah. home home uh, in the playoffs. Wait, Spearman and who's Spearman and Tulia play this yeah. week for and the final playoffs. Basically, spot. straight up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, there's there's some weird tiebreak things in there, but like basically, the winner yeah. is in the playoffs yeah. depending on what yeah. the seed is. The yeah. loser could get in the playoffs, but it, it's yeah. kind of wonky. Anyway, um, and and Trayvon McCaslin, their quarterback, went nuts so against Sweden. Anyway. Canadian loses their first district game in, since 2012. And um, now from what I understand, there's a bunch of injuries there. 
They are really banged up. Yes. And we had questions about Canadian coming into the season to begin with, Mm -hmm. but the injuries are not helping things. We got our first flash of warning back when they dropped that weird game to Bushland. Yeah, they blew blew that big lead against Bushland. They're 35-7, and then they end up losing. Um, and and that was the first time we kind of thought, what is going on in Canadian? Well, now they're now they're seven and two, going into this final game. Now they look, you know, we don't know basically who they're who's going to be out there for them. They're basically on like QB three at this point. Yeah. Um, it's got to start for them on the defensive side, which has been the problem when they've lost, right? And and, and for all we talk about the Air Canada offenses under Chris Ketting, their defenses are always very solid. We just haven't seen that this year. Yeah, they, especially against teams with, with speed and playmakers. Mm-hmm. Well, here's a team with speed and playmakers. And Childress. Yes, yes. All, Child- over the, all over the field. Childress is 8-0. Childress has looked great. They had one scare. Was it against Tulia? Uh, no, it was against Friona. Friona. Yeah. That's a great district. Um. They were against Friona a couple weeks ago. That was the first time they got scared. Um, but Colin Bishop, Darian Mathis, Lamont Nickelberry, that wide receiver, is nuts. The defense has been mostly pretty good. Here is the... And so I think on paper, you would look at this and say, oh, children should walk. Chil- like, this is a Canadian team that's wounded. It's a mm-hmm. Canadian team that's got to be, like, questioning themselves. A Canadian team that, that appears to be pretty flawed. We don't know who's going to be out there. Here... Is the real question, Matt Step? Um, let me ask you what what would you say is the last time that Childress beat Canadian? What do you think is uh, what do you think the last time that happened? Two thousand and eight. I'm just total guess here. Um, let me tell you, the answer is tooth is um, nineteen ninety nine. Wow. 19, Canadians had their number. 1999. Since 2004, they have won. Canadians have won 11 straight against yeah. Childers. Okay, been, I think it's been some years they haven't played that kind of thing. Correct. But, yeah, but but they played twice last year, and they beat them twice. And they played twice a couple of years ago. They too, played. They played twice in 2017. Yeah. They beat them twice. Uh, yeah, these teams. This Canadian has absolutely owned Childers. No doubt about it. Owned them. They haven't won since 1999. So, can Childress shake it off? Here's the thing. On the field, I think Childress is better. Agree. I don't think... I, I think that that's not really a hot take. I think that what you've seen, they've been more consistent and stronger. Body of work's there. And if you want to talk about a team that feels like they match up well against what Canadian struggles with, which is presently on the defensive side, mm-hmm. this is an offense that can hum. Yes. I think it's between the ears, plain and simple. They got to go to Canadian, and they got to they got to win there, which has been a house of horrors for them. This has been their own personal Freddy Krueger. <laughs> That's the question here: Can they get over the mental hurdle? Because look, I'm willing. I'm willing. If Childress wins this game, I'm willing to install them as the favorite in Region One. Yeah, I think it's fair. I mean, I I, th- I thought they're the favorite in Region One for a minute, basically since Canadian. Drop that game. Uh, Childers had a win a couple weeks ago. That that, that they blew out Spearman. I think they blew. Spearman I think that out. was it. Yeah. That was when I really started thinking. Like, okay, I think this is Childers's year. And you know, I could be down for a Childers and Gunner semifinal. That could be fun. Yeah, absolutely. And we we we, we saw Childers in, in College Station in the summer, and they went all the way to the championship game at seven on seven. And we were impressed mm-hmm. with them then. Here's my thing. Mm-hmm. 
I one and my preview in the in, in on that's mm-hmm. going to be on the website. I, I pretty much echoed. This. I picked Canadian to win this game <laughs> for yeah. no other reason other than, other than I until Childers beats Canadian. Yep. I've got to take. And this isn't a bad Canadian team by any means. So you know, if Canadian was coming into this game two and seven, that'd be one thing. But this you know Canadian's coming in a little bit wounded, but it's in Canadian mm-hmm. and. I just think I, until I think, that mental until that mental block is removed, I think you gotta. It's a hundred percent fair. Yeah, it's a hundred percent fair. I think that the talent overwhelms it, but I think that you're well within your rights to be like, oh yeah, like Canadian just doesn't lose to Childress, and that may be the case. Anyway, a lot of fascinating things and, and a lot on the line there because Canadian could they slip to like third? I think they could. Sli- I think if they lose this game, I think they go fourth. Wow, because that, that 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 loss to um, they have a max out loss. That's right. I think in let me see. Uh, we don't. By, we're, we're not even going to attempt tiebreakers on the fly. Yeah, I have to call. I have to call because I, I believe I read something where, where if Canadian loses, they drop all the way to fourth. And I think it's because Spearman would come out ahead on a tiebreaker, and they go back to head to head with Tulia. And by the way, District Four—that's the Lubbock, Roosevelt, Idaloo, Abernathy district. Yeah. Right. I mean, you don't want any of that. Yeah. It is. Very interesting. No, no, actually, I think well, Canadian would fall to fourth. Um, Friona wins; they'll be third. If, yeah, if, if, and then because uh, Friona would only have lost once, mm-hmm. twice. Yeah, there's some, yeah, yeah, there's some kind of wonky yeah. tiebreaker. There's a where, weird where, tiebreaker where where Friona would finish would would be second place. Mm-hmm. Canadian, and then and then Tulia would be third. And then Canadian will be fourth. That sounds about right. So, in any case, I'm taking Canadian to Childress because it just it it fascinates me deeply. What is your third pick, Matthew? I mean, I guess if we're going to leave it on the board. I'll go ahead and take it. I'll go ahead yeah. and take the Battle of the Lakes in Austin. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, if, you, if you're just going to let me take it, um, Lake Travis and West Lakes. You have like a that's, solid. That's pick. Tw- that is now twice and technically three times. Although you had first pick, and so Holly Forsan is a fine first pick. Um, basically, if I had won the coin flip, I might have been going this exact yeah. route. I mean. This game, they haven't played in two years, and it is, it's, it's backed up. Okay, <laughs> it the hate is backed up. <laughs> it's backed up. Yeah. This, this game is is football xlax. Yes, they, <laughs> it, it, they are they are backed up, and they need to expel this hatred because we saw it in seven on and I'm going back to seven on seven because we've seen these teams in seven. There, it was chippy then, dude, because they hadn't played in a year because they didn't play last year because of COVID. We were over there. We were sitting in our in our in our little uh, in our luxury golf luxury cart. golf car. Yes. And we're sitting next to the Lake Travis bench, and Kate Klubnik was out there playing for Westlake, mm-hmm. and he like he like missed a, he missed a target. I want to say like he missed a guy, or like maybe he got intercepted or mm-hmm. something like that. And suddenly, the Lake Travis sideline starts chanting Clemson, Clemson mm-hmm. at this kid. I mean, this was. This was, this was we're gonna get in your head type stuff. Yeah. Like this was chippy stuff. These two teams do not like each other, Mm-mm. and and they're they're t- and l- here's the thing. I I, I want to let you preview the game. I promise. No, no, it's fine. This is all this is all part of the preview to me. Lake Travis is sick and effing tired of hearing about Westlake. Yeah. They are sick and effing tired because for Westlake, it's been flowers at their feet for three straight Mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. And Lake Travis, they haven't been bad, but I think by Lake Travis standards, which is basically championship or bust, they've underachieved. Especially last year. Yes. Oh, that especially. So that is, that's what makes the whole soup of this extra Mm -hmm. spicy. You know, and, and, and... 
I, you know, I feel like Bo Edmondson, the quarterback for Lake Travis, just embodies that chip on the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Where I mean, because he, he's he he's a very good quarterback, and all the talk in Austin is about K. Clubnick and how good he is, and he's going to Clemson. And Bo Edmondson's sitting over here, he's like, I'm a Division One quarterback too, <laughs> and doesn't get any of the shine that Clubnick gets. And he plays like it. He plays with a chip on his shoulder. Um, now in this game, the big question is going to be: Does Clubnick play? Clubnick's right. been out for a while. My guess is. Probably not, because I think Todd Dodge sees this game from a a playoff perspective. It doesn't mean a damn thing. No, it is only for pride, bragging rights, and a district championship, which are important. All but, three of those things are, are matter. Yes, but Todd Dodge is a big picture guy, and this is his last last go round. And he's like, I'll take losing to Lake Travis if I have to in order to win the bigger to win the war, which is when hoisting that trophy in Arlington mm-hmm. in December. So. And going but, three in a row. But, you know, I mean, Westlake's backup quarterback has not been bad. Christian Egger. Christian Egger's been, been very great. Good. He's been very, shocking. Todd, Todd Dodge has multiple good quarterbacks uh, in the stable. Uh, and I think this like this Westlake defense under Tony Salazar, who we – if Tony Salazar is not the next head coach at Austin Westlake, something's wrong. It's going to editorialize there a little bit. This is it's, – it's not – it's a different situation than what happened in Liberty Hill, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it does feel like the same thing of yeah. like – He's right. He's right there. Why don't you? He's the guy. Just don't screw it up. So, and he. This defense has slowly improved as the years gone, gone along. He has developed this crew, and they're, and they're playing really well. Now, this is an interesting challenge because this, to me, is the most athletic late Travis team I've seen probably since the one that beat the Woodlands in the state championship game. That was a that was that was a souped up late Travis. This team is souped up, but they're they're souped, they're def, they're defensively mm-hmm. very athletic and very aggressive. I'm mean, interested to see the, the matchup in this game because I think Lake Travis has the dudes to contain Westlake's offense. The key is going to be can Edmondson and the Lake Travis offense not turn the football over and make the Westlake defense work. That's, that's going to be the key. But I mean, this is a fun match. It's going to be a huge crowd. These two haven't played since 2019. So everyone in Austin is going to be let's at this just game. Be, let's, let's just be crude. They got football blue balls. They got yeah. they got rivalry blue balls. Yeah, they need to play. They need to get the, they need to get out of their system. And yeah. hopefully, hopefully, it'll be a great game. I, you know, it, nothing nothing be a bigger buzzkill than a blowout in this game. Um, you know, the the crowd at at, at Chaparral Stadium is going to be massive. It's surprised they didn't talk about moving this game to to UT yeah. or something because this is they've played a couple times at UT in the past. So, um, I'm going with the proven commodity in Westlake, but I'm not going to be shocked if Lake Travis you. You bring up close. you bring up an interesting point about like their athleticism because I can't remember they've always had I mean uh, look they had a kid named Garrett Wilson he was mm-hmm. he was okay he was fair yeah this feels like this fe- it's crazy to say this feels like at least the most athletic skill position core mm-hmm. all told unit yeah. the unit like Garrett Wilson is a freak show mm-hmm. but like between Caleb Burton and Isaac Norris and Derek Johnson who's been yeah. a star at the mm-hmm. running back spot that's been different um yeah I mean a lot of this comes down to whether or not I think that the Westlake offensive line has been superb superb Westlake's offensive line is one of the best if not the best in the state and so can Lake Travis if club that doesn't play and I think you're right I think Dodge is going to hold him out I think he's going to hold him. If you're asking me right now, I would say he doesn't play. My, my money's on he doesn't play. Yes. Um, even even though, like, if this were a playoff game or there are implications, I think he could, from yeah. what we understand. Yeah. Um, but there's no upside to pimpling. Can they rattle Christian Edgar and find a way to get pressure without having to send six guys after him, mm-hmm. basically? Um, it's... 
it's like it's like Travis Westlake. I mean, it's like that's, all, that's all you need to say. Yeah. It should be it should be a lot of fun. That is your second pick, third pick rather. I am going to go. Hmm. I could be. I could do a little hipstery game for for pick three, and I'm going to. On it. Matt, stop. How about we go seven thirty p.m. Friday night at Pirate Stadium in Corpus Christi? Okay. As a battle of unbeaten's between the San Diego Vaqueros, blue turf. They have blue turf for the stadium. I did not know that. Yes. And the Corpus Christi London Pirates, the newest power in Corpus, and. Yeah. It's a fairly new school. Uh, this is this week's edition of, hey, did you know these two teams are undefeated? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and what's funny is I think both these teams are built very similarly. They're both old school, we're going to win in the trenches, we're bigger than you. And mm-hmm. these two teams, for 3A teams, good size. they are big. Yeah. They're big up front. Uh, Asher Gonzalez on the offensive line for San Diego. Uh, and then on the other side, guys like Bryce Marshall and Jacob Charles. And they both have dual-threat quarterbacks that do a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. R.J. Valerio, the quarterback for San Diego, has been very solid. Uh, Ace Navarrio, the, the quarterback for, for London, has been very solid as well. Um, two teams that, you know, London has never finished with an undefeated record. Yeah. San Diego, boy... I bet it's been a while. Let me see if I can. Been a good program. Coach Boa Show it isn't. He has. He's done a very good job there. I don't. I don't. I can't remember if they've ever been in a field. Boy, it's San Diego. Let's see. Where are you, San Diego? Um, It's down south. I know that. Um, Let's see. Okay, their last undefeated season, 2012. Coach Ochoa's done it. 2012, but they went the dreaded. They go ten and one. one. Oh no. Oof. That might have been the year they lose it like divine. Remember when Divine went on this run where yeah, they were just ruining was, people's seasons? I think that was more recently, though. Okay. Um, they also did it in 1968. Okay. And they also did it in 1941. So it's about every 30 years. Um, but this is an opportunity for them to make a little bit of history. Here is the real question this one. Both defenses have been very solid this year, and these are and, and I think that these are two teams that just like match up. This game could end 21-21 in 17-15 overtimes or something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Here's what's interesting. This is, here's a complete list of the teams with a winning record that these two teams have played. Are you ready? <laughs> Lyford. I'm, I'm done. That's okay. the list. Fair. This is the second team with a winning record these two teams have played. Now, Lyford's going to be third place in that district. Yes. Um, but we don't know a lot about We don't teams. know anything about these teams. And so, a district is, title would mean a lot. Is this, and this is Division One, right? Division One. So, three Division One, Region Four is... Mm-hmm. Kind of wide open. Yeah, I mean, uh, it absolutely is. And so, if you're looking at this, yeah, um, if you are, if you, if you're looking for, yeah, three division one. Um, I mean, who, who? I mean, you'd probably lean towards a team like, I mean, Edna right now. They just, yeah, they just got the big scalp over mm-hmm. Vanderbilt mm-hmm. Industrial. Um, I, but yeah, why not? If you can prove it, if you can go out there and prove it, then you can do it. This is, and the size is going to keep them in a lot of games because they are just big. They're just flat out big. Yeah. But who can who can find enough juice offensively to get past the other? I think I lean towards San Diego. I like the Vaqueros a lot. I'm going to go with them. But I think this is a real. T- this is a one score game. I think it's. I, I just don't think either of these teams are explosive enough to run away from the other, especially with good defenses on the other side. I, I'm. I'm. I'm kind of leaning towards San, towards London in this one. Mm-hmm. I've been kind of on the London bandwagon mm-hmm. early since early in the year. But I mean, I'm. I'm fascinated to see how London handles playing against someone in their weight class. Mm-hmm. How do they handle 
that matchup against someone. Yeah. And the same thing for San Diego. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, that's my third pick. What is your fourth pick, Matthew? I'm going to go small school. <clears throat> well, small-ish. 4A Division One. I'm heading to Beast, Texas. Lindale. Mm-hmm. As the 8-1 and one Kilgore Bulldogs come to town looking for a district championship in District 9-4A Division One against the suddenly surging Lindale Eagles. They're, they're, like, this is not fair because I'd already thrown dirt on Lindale. They yeah. were they were done. I had buried them. They 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 started out one and three, mm-hmm. and we kind of thought, okay, well, mm-hmm. just you know, hey, you lose Jordan Jenkins, be a tough year, yeah, you know. And Coach Chris Cochran and that and that ball club has bounced back from the slow start, and they're playing their best football year. They rattle off five wins in a row, and I think last week's win over Palestine might be their most impressive performance of the year. I mean, they were up 46-8 at halftime. Mm-hmm. That's a good Palestine yeah. team. That's a team that's probably finishing. That's a team that beat Chapel Hill a couple weeks ago. Good ball club in Palestine. And Lindale just destroyed them. And I, it's partly their defense has come of age, and partly I think quarterback Sam Peterson has come of age. Mm-hmm. You know, last year, you know, he was more of the guy who just kind of managed the game and let Jordan Jenkins kind of get it done. This year it's on his shoulders, and he has grown up a lot during the season, and he's got that Lindale offense humming. Kilgore is a different challenge, though. Kilgore is is fast. They're physical. They, they are they are what you think of when you think of East Texas football, and they play with an edge. They have explosive playmakers. And it's a different guy every week stepping up for for the Bulldogs. Coach Clint Fuller, first year head coach, has done a great job with that ball mm-hmm. club. And uh, you know Isaiah Ross last week was the guy who got it done. Like you know they beat Athens forty two thirteen. Isaiah Ross runs for four touchdowns, two hundred seventeen yards. But it's, it's a different guy every week. Kilgore has a lot of playmakers. I think that combination of the Kilgore playmakers combined with that defense that's going to match up well against Lindell's passing game. I lean to Kilgore in this one, but the game is in Lindale. Mm-hmm. Lindell's got a Lindell plays very well at home. It's going to be a tough place for tough environment for Kilgore to walk into and win. And if they can win that, they're going to walk away with a much deserved district title. Yeah, that's that's really sometimes like you talk about peaking at the right time. Mm-hmm. Lindale is peaking at the right time. Like Lindale took their lumps early, they're happy to do it, and now they're like, "All right, let's roll. Let's do let's let's do that thing again." And this is this is this is a, a different animal in in Kilgore. Like the 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 physical nature of them is going to challenge Kilgore. Um, fun matchup, but the gladiatorial type stuff. I mean, these are these two teams are going to are going to hit each other. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot of fun. Kilgore and Lindale is your fourth pick. My fourth pick. Let's go down to where is this game? I think it's at Lenoff Stadium. I presume it's at Lenoff Stadium. Is it Lenoff Stadium? Yes. Okay. Friday night at Lenoff Stadium in Cibolo. As the nine and I think very quiet nine and Very workmanlike from Steel. Very workmanlike. Cibolo Steel Knights. They haven't put up any they've won a lot of games, twenty eight seven, thirty five fourteen, kind of. It's a very it's a very ho hum. Like thank you, slam bam, thank you, ma'am, type thing. The Cibolo Steel Knights at nine and zero take on the eight and one Smithson Valley Rangers in a game that I think we can blame Converse Judson for not making it like the first pick of the draft this week, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because now you know, God, for a team that's not going to make the playoffs, we sure talked a lot about Judson, but well, it's Judson, yeah, it's Judson. They because you go back to two weeks ago and. Judson um, 
who had just fired their coach, mm-hmm. goes and beats previously unbeaten Smithson Valley. Yes. And does it in impressive fashion, hanging the most points on them that they've allowed all season. 33 points. Okay? Most points by a fair, pretty considerable margin. Then last week, Judson goes and scares the bejesus out of steel. They were up like 14 nothing at one point. Judson yeah. was. Yeah. And credit to Steele. They settled in, and they came back, and they held off Judson 35-30 to get a win to officially eliminate them from the playoffs and to officially hand them their first dis- losing season since 1973. So now these two teams meet. And what I think is interesting, you mentioned workmanlike for for Steele. That is all. That is what Smithson Valley does. They are. Yes. This is. I mean, this is as Larry Hill a Larry Hill team this as is has ever most, Larry Hill. This is the most Larry Hill team ever. It is. They are. They are no. They are all stake, no sizzle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? They win games like they did last week against San Antonio East Central, twenty-one to three. That is vintage Lake Smithson Valley. Mm-hmm. And they do it, I think, that the, the way that they have a little bit, they've, they've grown. The defense has been fantastic. They held East Central to just 194 yards last week. Quarterback Derek Mata is probably their best player, but they just run the ball well. Their offensive line grinds. They are three yards in a cloud of dust. Yeah. They really are. They are ball control, boring football that wins. Yeah, that's a very Smithson Valley. <laughs> that's the Smithson Valley formula right there. Now they're taking on Steele. Steele's got a little more sizzle. Just a bit more. But not much. I mean, running back Jaden Bailey, I think, is a star. I think he's really fun to watch. But they are a team who relies on mostly their defense and especially speed on that defense. They yes. fly. This is a very this is an old school Steel Knights defense. Yeah. This is a Mike Jinks era defense. And and you know, Coach David Sines, their head coach, was on that staff. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he knows what, what it's what Steele does when they, when they've had their elite teams. He knows kind of the formula, and this is this is the formula. Yeah, and and what it is is that they've just got dudes, especially in the secondary, who are who can fly around. Davion Hook has been fantastic, and then they got some they, like they got super athletic linebackers, mm-hmm. and they got some big beef up front, like Justin Elmore and Dante Payton, and they just they stack up the line, and then they let their guys flow to the football and strike, and that's what's interesting. Um, I think if you're looking for a 48-45 shootout, uh, look elsewhere. It's There's other, not your game. A lot of other great games in San Antonio. Yeah. This is not that. Mm-hmm. If you want old-school, physical, light-you-up, hit-you-in-the-mouth, every first down is a win type game, this is your, this is your game. This is going to be a grinded-out affair. This is going to be a, a physical affair. I think I like Steele because I think they got a little bit more explosiveness on the offensive side, and that may end up being enough. But this is coin flippy type stuff. Mm-hmm. And and um, now, are they going to separate ways in the playoffs? You're listening to live coverage. Let me coverage. look at my um, Steele, 2606. Yeah, Smithson Valley's going D1. Yeah, and Steele's probably going D2. I think there's a wonky scenario. Cause Steele went D1 last year. Yeah. I think there's a wonky scenario where Steele goes D D one this year, but it, I think a lot would have to happen. For yeah, that. I think Wagner, Wagner's got to get in. Wagner would have to get in, and they're a game back of East Central. And East Central beat them head up. And East Central, so they would need they would need. I think they're. They and in get, fact, Judson plays Wagner, so there cannot be a three way tie. Yeah, so yeah, so East Central. So yeah, yeah, East Central's in. So yeah, Steel's going D two, and Smith Valley's going D one. So nothing on the line there, but a district title, obviously, or at least a share of the district title will be on the line here. Um, and Steel can round out a perfect season at ten and zero. So that's what I'm. Yeah. 
think last time Steel went ten and zero. It's been a while. Yeah, they always take. Well, it's because you know what it is. Such a tough schedule. That's exactly right. They always uh, take a tough. They always have a tough schedule. Let's see if I can find that real quick. Civil Steel last time they went undefeated was in 2015. They went 14 and one under Scott Lenoff. um, They must win that game. They lost to. They lose to Katie in the semifinals that year. That sounds right. Yeah, sounds right. All right. What is your fifth and final pick, Matthew? A lot of good games still left on the board. Boy, we've been going 55 minutes. Seems like it's flown. I'm going to go... Man. It's tough. It is. There's some good games. All right, I'm going to I'm going to go back to Austin. Okay. You know, Danny Davis says I hate Austin. He does. I don't hate Austin. Just don't like... Are you taking Bre- the game I think you're taking? I'm taking Brenham and Rouse. That's not the game I thought you were taking. Okay. I'm taking Brenham at Leander Rouse. 7-2 and two Brenham. 8-1 mm-hmm. Leander Rouse. Super, District, s- super sleepy game here. District 13-5A Division Two title on the line here. And... For all that we've talked about, Rouse, they've been good this year. They've had some moments where they've been mm-hmm. less than stellar, and the second half against Glenn last week uh, was less than stellar. You know, Rouse last week takes a 21 nothing lead into the locker room at halftime, and Glenn just hauls off and, and scores 21 straight. And if it's not for a, last, a field goal with less than five minutes left, Rouse maybe loses that game in overtime. Glenn, Glenn is a team to watch out for come playoff time. If you're looking for a sleeper in Region 4, Leander Glenn might be a sleeper mm-hmm. team. But Rouse, you know, we the offense, which we thought would be so explosive, you know, scores big in the first half and then gets completely shut down in the second half. And they've had that happen to them a couple times this year. Mm-hmm. A little concerning heading into the playoffs for a team that we thought had a chance to win the region. Brenham, on the other hand, starts the year 0-2. Back-to-back losses to start the year. One of them to Magnolia West. I think the other one... Now I got to look to see who Brenham lost to in the in the in the first game. We haven't we have not. I don't think this is we've mentioned Brenham on the podcast no. at all. And that's a this is a proud program in, in the Brenham Cubs. <laughs> I know um, they lost the lost to Mag, they, they were zero and two against Magnolia, mm-hmm. and then they've but since then they've rattled off seven straight, including a nice win over Bryan, a six A playoff team, and then they beat Glenn to open the uh, open district play twenty three to seven. They've been but they're playing their best football of the year now. The last three weeks. Con- beat Pflugerville Conley 44-0, Elgin 45-13, Cedar Creek 58-6. Granted, not the powers of the district, but Brenham is rounding into form. Correct. Brenham's got speed at the skill spots. They're going to they're going to present Rouse some issues there. Um but I I think that the the issue is going to be can Rouse get that offense untracked at home? Can they get that passing game going and really speed Brenham up and force that speedy defense to play on an island, get numbers advantages, and see if they can, they can make it happen. I I think Rouse gets the win here. I'm really interested because I think Brenham, if they can win this game, I I think I'll say this. I think the winner of this game is the early favorite to win Region Four and Five A Division Two. Hmm. That's the team I'm going to pick to win the region when we do our playoff picks. I, th- I think the winner of this game is oh, the wow. team to beat. Okay. So I, I like Rouse at home. I think they get it done, but I think this is going to be a fascinating ball game. Okay. I like it. I think that's. Uh, I think that'll be. That's. That's a. That's a, a bit of a, a, a game that's flying under people's radar, but I think shouldn't be. All right, Matthew. <clears throat> I for my fifth and final pick. I am gonna go small school. In fact, Matthew. Small school. Small school tip. In fact, Matthew, I'm gonna go as small as it gets. Really? Oh. We're going six man on us. Let's go to where is this game? This game's in beautiful, beautiful um, 
Oh gosh, um, it's in Motley County. I know that. Is it Matador? Uh, yeah, it's it's in Matador. It's in Motley County, as the number one ranked Motley County Matadors. Welcome in the number seven ranked Jayton Jaybirds in a battle of unbeaten's for the district title. They're both they're both already in. They're in they're in the the you know the a bit strange five team district in mm-hmm. in, uh, in in six man football, uh, especially in Division two. Um, and look, Motley County has been number one wire to wire in one A Division two, and there have been some people. There have been some. There's been some question as to whether they should be, and and I guess I'll pull back the curtain a little bit. One of the reasons, because the, the the team that has the real claim to it would be Strawn, who also has a big game this week against mm-hmm. rival Gordon. Strawn was going through a lot in the off season. Their coach had left. But, yeah, I mean, I'm not. I don't follow six man football, but even I knew that. What yes, was going on. Dwayne Lee had left to go to Aquila, and then he reversed course. And at that point, we were like, you know what? We're just going to keep the rankings the way that they were. Mm-hmm. We started Motley County at number one. There's a fair argument to be made that they should have been number one. That Strawn should have been number one to start the year, mm-hmm. and that Motley County, you know, should have started number two, and maybe they'd still be there. In any case. Motley County is certainly going to get their biggest test in a while when they take on Jayton. This is a Jayton team who their defense has been pretty darn solid. That Jaybird offense for Coach Josh Stanland has been very strong. They've, they've, they've gotten what they need to out of Jaden Rivera and Caleb Beck. Uh, Isaac King, their sophomore, has been very good as well. But for Motley County... They've got Jake Richards. Jake Richards is that record-smashing running back who has been very solid for them. Uh, They have gone out there, and they have looked every bit the part of the number one team in the state. I believe they have 45 all but one of their opponents. Now was in the opener against Westbrook, who's now back to being state-ranked. That includes a 45-point victory over a team like Spur, who's 8-1, etc., etc. This this week, and it kind of goes in tandem with the Strawn and Gordon game, and look, it'll end up sorting itself out because they would meet in the state championship game. Strong would have to go through a team like Richmond Springs, potentially out of Region 4. But you want to talk about like how things will look going into the 1A Division 2 brackets, these two games will sort that out. Because if, mm-hmm. if Motley County goes out there and they 45 Jayton, they beat them up, then we need to start thinking pretty seriously about them getting back to AT&T Stadium. Yeah. Um, that's a big game in the six-man community. Motley County and Jayton's big. Strong and Gordon also big rivalry game there uh, in region in region. Yeah, Strong Gordon's a huge rivalry. Right, they yeah, that's yeah. blood feud type stuff. So should be a lot of fun. Big week in six-man. I'm going to take Jayton and Motley County. So there is our draft. I took or step step took Holly Forsan, College Station, Magnolia West, Lake Travis, Westlake, Lindale, Kilgore, Brenham, and Rouse. I took Denton Ryan, Lone Star, Canadian Childress, San Diego, Corpus Christi, London, uh, Cibolo Steel, Smithson Valley, and Jayton, Motley County. The only place we didn't hit was like Houston. Um, Last week was such a good week in Houston. It's tough to. They're due for a. They're due for a. What's the best I mean, game? We, in we hit College Station and Magnolia West. Yeah, it's yeah, it's kind it's of the Brass Valley area. Um, let's see. According to my dumb research, best game is yeah Magnolia West, I suppose, because that's in there. But then yeah, it's just a weaker. Texas City Barbers Hill. Playoff implications here. Yeah. Montgomery, Montgomery, like Creek. More rivalry. Pearland, Pearland, Dawson. Pearland, Pearland, Dawson. Tuskegee gets Westbrook, but, you know, Peyto beats. Peyto takes Angleton. Don't let one loss beat you twice. Fort Ben Travis and Fort Ben Ridge Point's an interesting game. Fort Ben Travis is not lunch meat. Yeah. That's a decent Fort Ben Travis game. Anyway, that's really the only part of the state we didn't hit that in in the Valley. Um, But, you know, biggest game in the Valley, maybe Harlingen, Selfless, Fresno. Something like that? Yeah. McAllen, Rowan, McAllen? 
Uh, is Roland McAllen this week? That, that yeah, would probably Roland be the McAllen. biggest one, yeah. Um, anyway, it's time for our hipster game of the week. And with the hipster game of the week, we go to Matt. My hipster game is Friday night at Shotwell Stadium in Abilene as the Crowley Eagles take on the Abilene Cooper Cougars in a game with implications for fourth place in District 3-5A Division One. Mm-hmm. Crowley, Crowley is in a tough spot here because Tepper, they not only need to win, mm. they need to win by 18 or more. And if they win by 18 or more, then we set up a three-way coin flip for the final playoff spot in 3-5A Division One. When has West Texas ever been home to a three-way exactly. coin flip? So uh, it'll be Crowley, Abilene Cooper, and Granberry who would be in, involved in that coin flip, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if Granberry loses, then Crowley can get in with a win. But Crowley kind of knows what's ahead of them. You know, Coach Resendez and that crew have had a tough year this year. Um, they've Coach Resendez has been without both of his coordinators for a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of his coordinators have been out for a month due to medical issues. So they're, they're coaching two coaches short. Coach Resendez has had to call the offense. They had a lot of adversity, and, and for them to even be playing for a playoff spot this time of year is is a testament to their kids and their coaches for fighting through. I think Abilene Cooper at home gets the win here. But I'll be watching this closely, especially if Crowley is up in the second half, to see how, knowing the situation, how differently Coach Resendez has to play mm-hmm. it. Because when you got when you're down, technically down eighteen nothing, you got to kind of let it let it fly. Mm-hmm. Let, let yeah, this could be bit. one of those things where if it's like, uh, you know, if it's twenty four to seventeen in the fourth quarter, going for it on fourth down. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're you're going for two, coaching aggressively. Yeah, right. So, um, um, that's kind of what I'm watching this game. I think it's, I think it should be a fascinating game. Uh, like I said, anytime you get weird playoff scenarios like this, I'm I'm usually very interested in that. Yeah. Okay. That's good. I am gonna go. <laughs> I don't think I've ever done this on the show. I really think that's true. Seven thirty PM Friday night at Neil Wilson Athletic Stadium in Flower Mound, Texas. Sweet, clean Flower Mound, Texas. Ah uh, yes. As the Flower Mound Jaguars welcome in. The Coppell Cowboys. Oh, boy. Oh, man. <laughs> I've ne- I don't think I've ever done this. No, you I've, haven't. I don't think I've ever taken a Coppell game. Yes. I am a Coppell alum, if you didn't yes. know. Um, but the one team you, you allegedly don't hate. Uh, the one team, allegedly. Um, and, yeah, look, I am... Um, <laughs> okay. So here's the thing about this. You're probably thinking, Tepper, why in the heck are you taking this game? And it's actually pretty easy to tell you, which is, Matt Step, this is a playoff game. Really? Winner is in, loser is out, no tie breaks necessary. There's only a handful of these. I love it. There's another one, uh, our buddy uh, Patrick Melton, actually two of our buddies, uh, Patrick Melton yeah. and Julio Lopez. Who, who have had differences. Differences of opinions in the past. Uh, they're going at it. That's a straight-up playoff mm-hmm, game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so is this. And there was one other in 6A that I, I want to say that I, I, I shouted oh, off. Hold on. I, I made a list, and I tweeted it. You did tweet the it. other one, Klein and Tomball. Yep. Is is one. The Colony and Frisco Reedy. And I'm talking, by the way, I'm talking no tie break necessary. Winner winner's in, loser's out. Plain and simple. Okay. So th- that's the big doings here. Um, Flower Mound has kind of clawed back after losing to Plano West inexplicably. Um, they've got Nick Evers back. And that has helped them significantly, of course, the star quarterback. Um, Florida commit, right? The Florida commit. Uh, But the problem is that their defense has had all sorts of trouble stopping anybody. Kind of same thing goes for Coppell. These are two teams whose offenses have been great. Jack Fishpaw, 
excellent quarterback name. Excellent name. Jack Fishpaul, the quarterback for Coppell, has been very good. Uh, Dylan Nelson, the wide receiver, uh, leading the way. But their defense has just had trouble getting off the field. I think we could be getting into shootout territory. I think we could have a pretty a pretty fun matchup with a lot on the line there. I mean, the playoffs come early. Playoffs come a week early. Yeah, for, for these, these guys, teams. it's it's now. It's, and, it's, and it's you, win you, or put put the equipment away. You you made the bold declaration before the season. You said you think it's an LISD sweep in District Five. District Five. District Six. Uh, District Six. 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 Yeah. District Five six. is Allen and Prosper and those guys. District Six. Flower Mount could make you right. Make it look really smart for once. Or, or those mighty Coppell Cowboys oh, yeah. <laughs> getting my guns up uh, could uh, could ruin it. I think it's a fun game. Computer like Flower Mound by five. I am inclined to believe them. I think Flower Mounds. I think if Flower Evers Mounds plays. I think, I think that's Mounds, it. Evers has yeah. been nicked up, and when he's played, they've been they've been great. I mean, you know, they beat Marcus. They beat Marcus, which is a win that's aged pretty well. Anyway, I'm going to go with Coppell and Flower Mound as wow. my going as my the, hipster game. Going through, you, you've thrown an Everman game at me before in the past. I so. have thrown an Everman game. Uh, I've never thrown a Coppell game at you. So there you go. There's your hipster game of the week. What? Are you well, where are you going this week? Let's hear about your schedule first. Thursday night, TexanLive.com. I'll be going down to the Puffield at Pufflugerville, yes. another place I've never been. Great stadium as well. Really nice. Uh, and Todd Raymond, of course, is a prince, the AD down there at Pflugerville. And he's, he's always all right. he's, he's okay. He's uh we will so it'll be uh, uh Pflugerville Weiss and Georgetown. Um for there are some impl- I want to say there's some implications. So at least Weiss Weiss wins, they win, they win the district title. I think Weiss may already have the number one seed. I think they have the number one seed correct. locked up already. But for Georgetown, they need to win because if they lose, I think there's a chance they could be out of the playoffs if they lose. So, yeah. So, they're, Georgetown's in a weird situation, and it's um, – well, they've beaten Hendrickson, but they lost to Cedar Park. Um, and so, Cedar Park got Maynard this week. Tough game. So Shout out-ish. If you, you could get into a three-way tie – uh, depending on how, like, if Flu- if Hendrickson were to beat Pflugerville and then like Cedar Park were to lose, then and then Georgetown were to lose, then it's four teams at four, three teams at four and three mm-hmm. for two playoff spots, and you risk getting left out. Um, a lot on the line here uh, for Weiss. They want to lock up that district championship uh, one seed. Yeah, the one seed. I think they've already got it locked up. In fact, they do. Because they've beaten every, they're undefeated in district play, and so they've beaten everybody. Yeah, so Georgetown can't hurt them, but they could they could win the district title outright, and they want to have a little bit. You, Steve you Van Meter squad that buzzkill of not winning your exactly last game right. going into the playoffs. Um, so it'll be myself and Craig Way on the call. Craig call Craig called up Pickle and said, uh, "Miss Miss Miss Pickle, could could you please let me call?" Pickle's like, I'll think about it and I'll think, slam yeah, the phone slam down. Slam the phone yeah. down. She goes, tyrant, man. She goes, guess who called me? Yeah. Um, sure, Craig Way. So she's she made such a tyrant. She man. made it work. And so it'll be Craig and I calling Weiss and Georgetown. She maybe scrubbed the kitchen, fl- the floors in our break room. She maybe, she maybe scrubbed the floors when I got I here. I saw you. Yeah, she's yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Anyway, that's what I'm doing, and then I'll be on the Valley Sports Southwest Airwaves, and then we'll be working all weekend on brackets. Yes. Uh, yeah, okay. By the way, I threw this out there on Twitter. Guys, we want the brackets, too. But we gotta wait till the games are over, mm-hmm. including. Do we? Do we dare? Do we want to call them out? So, <laughs> oh, no, it, I'll do it. I'll do it. It's a little gamesmanship here. So, um, <laughs> Del Rio is hosting Eagle Pass Saturday night at L- beautiful Lieberman Stadium, which has one of the most unique press boxes in the state of Texas. If you ever, you've never seen it, it's it's a picture of in Texas, Bob. It's pretty unique. Del Rio is a one high school town. 
Mm-hmm. They have nobody else is playing. You know, some of the Saturday games are out of necessity, right? Yeah. Highlands and Brackenridge at they Alamo need, Stadium. They need a stadium. They yeah, they, they share stadium. I understand that. Del Rio's playing Eagle Pass on Saturday, uh, and Del Rio could play on Friday night if they want. They chose to play Saturday. They were a little upset last year that Eagle Pass, coming off the bye week, um, scheduled them on Thursday, the week before. So, or the week of the game. So they said, you know what? We're going to schedule you on Saturday. We want the extra day to get ready for this game. Because Eagle Pass is coming off a bye. Eagle Pass is on bye again this week. So Del Rio was like, yeah, we need the extra day to get ready. You know, we don't want to play you on regular rest. We want to get it one extra day to play. A little pettiness. So a little, little pettiness. I like it. I like, I like, to I like get, petty. It's not the first time. I remember Port, Port Lavaca Calhoun played Victoria East on a Saturday in Port Lavaca. And I went to the game because... Coach Whitaker was a little pissed that uh, Victoria ISD scheduled scheduled him on a Thursday night, uh, and on a Thursday night game the year before. So, he, so he gave him a receipt. Yeah, so we're gonna it. play on Saturday. So, it. you know, I so, like it. this. That, that that happens occasionally. So, so all we of that wait is, for that game. All of game. that is to say that game has playoff implications. Yeah, we have games that kick off at seven o'clock Saturday night, and we're not gonna put on an incomplete bracket, guys. Like, we're just, I'm not gonna do it. Um, so last year because we had to. We had we to. Had a Monday night right. game last year. That's right. Oh, God. Oh, is that that game? Keller, Keller, Timber Creek, and Keller. You're, a, you're a sicko. Monday. You're a sicko. I'm the high school version of the sickos. Community. You are the sicko. Um, the, the lone, now, Tom, Blaylock's a sicko, too. Yeah, Blaylock's a sicko, too. Uh, but anyway, games so we to. have to wait till those games are over, guys. And so I want you to have... Trust me, guys. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll lay it out there. Do you know how much traffic we get from these brackets? Do you know how much it would behoove us to put up the brackets as quickly as possible? We are on the same team here. Yes. We want the brackets to be up. I promise you we'll put them up as quickly as we can. But we've got to wait for the games to be over. I, so my schedule, so as you, I'll say my schedule on Saturday, I'm not going to a game Saturday. I could, but I'm going to sit in front of my computer all day. I actually had a flight booked to San Antonio to go watch Brackenridge and Highlands before the season started. Mm. But I'm going to see my wife on Saturday on Sunday web. in Canada. So I'm flying out first. I have a, I have a 6 o'clock flight Sunday morning. So I'm going to be up all day Saturday. Um, working on calling coaches, finding out locations, finding out um, matchups, that kind of thing. If you have your playoff matchup and you want to send it to me, matt.step at texasfootball.com. Love it. I will crowdsource the hell out of this thing. Put it on Twitter. I'll try to find it. Tag me in your matchups on Twitter. The more help I can get, the quicker I can get this thing done and get this bracket out to you guys. We want you to have it desperately. Every, the playoffs are fun because every week is like Christmas. You pull up the matchups. You know, you go, you go to the bracket and see the matchups, and you pull up our games and locations page, and you plan out your, your playoff weekend. I do it just like you do it. So mm-hmm. we're going to try to get it out as quick as we can. So that's my Saturday. Now, well, and, and here's the thing. Here's the good news sure. for you. I'm looking at TexanLive.com. Side Park Langham Creek's a 1 o'clock kick on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Side Lakes and Side Woods, your miles may vary. Four Pin Elkins, Four Pin Austin, uh, Katie Jordan, San Antonio Downport. Got a little bit of flavor for you on Saturday night. I'm not saying it, I'm Saturday. I'm not saying it's one. I'm not saying it's, yeah. it's perfect, but Side Park and Langham Creek's interesting. Yeah, I, I think I think that's, there were originally six games that had playoff implications on Saturday in UIL 11. Man, we're down to five because Kennedale and Benbrook are now playing on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have. Um, I think the five games, I think Cy Woods and Cy Lakes, mm-hmm. if Cy Woods lost, I think there's a chance they could miss the playoffs. It's a one o'clock kick. Yeah. Um, I think there's a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Langham, or if Langham Creek wins, something weird. There's, yeah, 16 yeah. is weird. Brackenridge and Highlands is definitely has playoff implications. Both those teams potentially. Is that a seven? What time's that kick? That's a two o'clock two. kick. Okay. 
Um, I know that. Um, I think there's a couple of, a couple of other Houston. And then Del Rio and Eagle Pass, obviously, okay. at 7. There's a couple of other games in the Houston area during the day um, that I think have some playoff implications as well. So okay. we should have mo- – I mean, it's going to be a matter of tr- calling the coaches and tracking the coaches down. Guys, and as so. soon – I promise you, as soon as we have brackets, as soon as we have game times for you, and, we you know, will get If I get 6A done first – well, 6A won't be done. But if I yeah. get 4A done first, and I'm going to send it – You know, we're, yeah. we'll get 4A up. And we'll we're going to get them up as we, as yeah. we complete them. So We want you to have it. Um, we will do that. Um, my schedule Thursday – so I'm, me and Mike Roach are flying to Lubbock on Thursday – we're going to attend the Lubbock ISD luncheon. The fake guy, Frazier. Yes. Me and triple fake guy are flying to Lubbock on Thursday for a big game in District 2-5A Division One. Lubbock Coronado and Amarillo Tascosa. That is a big game. I'm going to get eyes on Tascosa for the first time. Um, and see you know for this year and see what they what they got going on because I think I think they're a team that can win the region. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Friday night I do have a, a game. This is a sickos game uh, with playoff implications as the La Mesa Golden Tornadoes visit the Brownfield Cubs. I wish you guys could see my face. <laughs> Coach Hood is my guy. And Coach Flores Coach Flores at Brownfield has already offered me. Uh, got my, my I could have a Brownfield Cubs shirt here pretty soon, so I'm looking forward to it. Size large for me. Uh, I mean, it's if Brownfield wins, then they're basically the number three seed. Lamisa lost to Slayton by one point last week, so if they if they don't win, they're out of the, if they lose, they're out of the playoffs. They got Lamisa's got to win. I got to call Coach Hood and find out what, what he needs to win by to get in. But yes, yes, <laughs> you're yes. standing so, up against the window. Lamisa and Brownfield. What oh. is up? Eight oh six. Oh my gosh! So there you go. That's um, my schedule. And okay. Saturday is uh, playoff match. Playoffs. Yep. Playoff. Playoff stuff. Um. Yeah, I thought I had one more thing to say, and I don't think I do. Um, I'm trying to think of what the most chaotic district is. 13-5A um, Division One. Yeah, 13-5A Division One is has got to be up there. Um, anyway, that's it. We've been talking for a while. It's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Uh, remember, textfootball.com slash playoffs. We'll put it up as soon as we can. Steph, thanks for your courage. Thank you. Next week's show will be uh, International Edition. Yeah, and it'll come out Tuesday, by the way. So uh, we'll talk to you guys next week on Tough and Stuff.